0: Hey, just a quick heads up before we get started on another exciting episode of The Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, I normally record uh, through my phones, headphones. Uh, I didn't have them hooked up. And so the audio is from just the phone that was on the seat next to me. Uh, So, you know, you don't tune into this podcast for its audio quality obviously but it's even it's a little worse than normal you can still hear it enjoy or don't whatever my apologies for all of gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to GabrielRutledge.com. or don't if you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for five dollars a month click the Substack link in the episode notes You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the the Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Live on tape from Kia Rio Studios. It's me. game uh, driving home from Woodinville, Washington very I'm in Woodinville, Washington more than anyone should be performing in Woodinville, Washington but there's like a giant industrial park there with like dozens of wineries a couple of microbrews, maybe a distillery or two So I end up going there a lot. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. I, I appreciate it. Uh, this is not my first Woodenville winery in an industrial park, but this is a fucking nice one. I I don't want to brag, but I've been around a while. You know, I've done a lot of shows in the back rooms that felt illegal in Woodenville. where <laughs> you walk in like, I don't know if we're zoned for this, you know what I mean? But yeah, fun, uh, fun little spot in the back room at War King Wines. Maybe that's two last names, I don't know, it's like War, W-A-R-R, dash, King, Wines. Like a law firm. You're at War King. Attorneys. We get the right deal for you. Have you been injured by a drunk driver who attended a comedy show at a winery? We'll make them pay. Or maybe it's one person named working. I always wonder about that. uh, I mean, that's a pretty badass name. If your last name is like whatever your first name is, even if you're like Bartholomew. What's your last name, War King? Like, all right. But people who have hyphenated names, I get it's a little antiquated for the uh, the the wife to take a uh, uh the last name of her husband that's from a different time when perhaps land and cattle were also involved but okay so then uh, you know the 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 wife or the husband whoever like my if my wife and I did that if either one of us did that I, it would have been Rutledge Strafty which sounds like a law firm you would not want to go to if you can't afford War King attorneys at law, try Rutledge and Strathy. Did you injure someone after you got drunk attending a comedy show at a winery? The community college lawyers here at Strathy Rutledge will get you a settlement you deserve. But let's say uh, so. My wife becomes Rutledge Strathy, or so then we have a kid, and then that kid's named Johnny Rutledge Strathy. Well, what happens when our kid has a kid? Johnny Rutledge Strath, you know what I mean? Is that if my son Johnny has a kid named Steve, is it Steve Rutledge Strathy? Jones, if he marries a Jones, do you know what I mean? Like it just keeps, it's not, it doesn't work. When hyphenated people have children, do they double hyphenate? I don't know. It's a little impractical. It's a lot to fit on a name tag, you know? when you got three or four hyphens on there, your whole family tree. And that's, look, I I love you. All pronouns, I love you. But you have to admit, if your pronouns are they, them, there are times it doesn't work. There are times it's very confusing. We don't know what the fuck you're, It like, especially if you're reading, if you're reading an article about someone with a they, them pronoun, I have to reread sentences. I have to go, wait, what, what do you mean? They, are they talking about, that just happened to me. I was reading an article about the comedians you should know or in 2023 or whatever, and one of them obviously had that, the they, them pronoun. And sometimes they throw it at the top of the article and they go like, so-and-so who prefers the pronouns they, them. And then that gives you a little heads up. They didn't do that. So I was just rereading sentences like a fourth grader. Like, wait, what? What do you mean they did? What? Oh. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're not a good person. I'm not saying you're unequal in any way. I'm just saying the pronoun fucks up the English language sometimes. Can we at least admit that? No? My kids are better at it, I'll admit that. Like, they'll fuck it up, but they correct themselves fast. Like, when they're talking about people they know with they, them pronouns, they're, they're much, you know, I'm an old dog. So maybe no one will think about it in time, but it is, you know. I'm going to cancel myself. Gabriel at com to tell me what a bad person I am. And again, I'm not, I hope you know, I'm not, you know. I actually just put up a joke uh, that a little bit of it will be on the special when it comes out. And I've been hesitant to put up any of those jokes. But it was such good video from the uh, the Village Underground Uh the comedy seller Village underground in New York and I've had the video for a while, but I I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put this up. It just looks so damn good. I also hoped the comedy seller would I invited them to be a collaborator. Uh, I was rejected. They did not share it from their page, but But I mentioned I mentioned the word non binary in it and I think I think it's the perfect joke. I don't mean the perfect joke like it's the funniest joke, but I mean it's kind of There's nothing to get mad about. It's about math. I asked my doctor what is considered more than moderate drinking. Some of you are not gonna care for this information. I feel like you guys will be fine. But a lot of other people. He said, for women, you should not drink more than eight drinks a week. I'm sorry, did you just say bro? No, if you were a bro, you'd get 15. That's what they told me. I don't know why that is. I don't, I'm on your side. If I was a lady and my doctor said I got eight and a fella got 15, I'd be like, bro. Also, hypothetically, if I was non-binary, that's 15 plus eight, that's 23. So, gender is fluid, math is not. Maybe if I say non-binary, it makes you go like, oh, like, where's this going to go? And I was a little hesitant to put it up. Not hesitant, but I wondered what would happen. Would there be some weird comments? And it didn't exactly go viral. If anything goes viral, then, of course, there's weird comments. But, you know, in the 50,000 views or so it's gotten uh, on different platforms. Especially TikTok, I had a bunch of... uh, non-binary people uh, say they thought it was hilarious. I'm like, that's what you're going for. If you're going to mention a group of people in a joke, you want them to love it, right? So that, you know, I'm sure that if that clip got a million views, there would have been plenty of people uh, being weird, but... I had someone, speaking of trying to get people canceled, I had someone... Uh, ask me a question, a podcast listener. And again, you got anything to say to me, uh, hit me up. That a threatening. I didn't mean it that way. You got anything to fucking say to me? No, anything. Questions, comments, whatever. Uh, any of the social medias, you can uh, hit me with a DM or uh, Gabriel at Uh But someone did message me and they said, what is your opinion on Matt Reif? Uh, who is a very popular young man comedian. And I'm a little... In some ways, I don't like telling people my opinions about other comedians just because it's it's weird. It's, you know, I'm... I think about someone talking about me in the way... Another comedian talking about me in the way that I'm going to talk about them, and I'm like, well, that feels weird. Uh... But, you know, I tell you positive things too about other comedians. Cat Williams, I think Cat Williams is my favorite comedian. I've said that before. I think he's hilarious. And if you just keep watching clip after clip, special after special, I go, this guy might be my favorite. He's never not funny. He put out a special last year that was like not. Close to his best, and I think it was still better than Bill Burr's, better than Chappelle's last three, better than. It's just funny. And as crazy as Cat Williams is, off stage, you know, arrests, he got in a fight with a 14 year old kid once, there's drug things. He kind of, he's never been like in the crosshairs of cancel culture because he's very careful with his words. And again, I'm not even saying it's bad to be in the crosshairs of cancel culture, uh, because I've been there. For my PG-13 toast bullshit, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, there was, I had a viral clip, and someone kind of had a viral clip complaining about me saying I was, uh, you know, because I said I was the assistant manager of my family, I hated my wife, I'm a bad father, Uh, (laughs) you know, I'm
1: glorifying,
0: weaponized incompetence. You know, so it's like you don't... That is kind of part of the deal. But for, I'm just saying, for as wild a reputation as Cat Williams has, no one's ever, I never hear anyone like, oh, did you hear what Cat Williams said? Because it's it's more what he did. It's more that he didn't show up to the show or he got arrested or got arrested in Seattle. He was apparently uh, having more of a drug problem. This was years ago, but he, a Seattle hotel had to kick him out because he had a show here and just stayed until they made him leave. And he came out and talked to the media and he was wearing like a Sonics jersey, a, a Sonics coat, a Nirvana shirt, a Seahawks hat. <laughs> He's holding a Mariner's pennant. I'm like, well, he had time to go to the Seattle gift shop, didn't he? I like Cat Williams. I think he's hilarious. I will answer the question about my opinion on Matt Reif because you asked, person. I am not a hater. I do not think he's without talent. I'm not going to... I actually think his crowd work is good. He's very quick. I've watched... You know, it just comes up in my feed all the time. I watch it and I go, yeah, he's very... You know, he's also very attractive. He sort of looks like if AI made an attractive person. To me, there's like something a little too attractive. Like, like if you were making a computer model, you'd be like, well, let's dial the jawline down a little bit. That's too much. I will also say I think he's done three specials in like four years. That's certainly not at a pace I'm going to write material. Uh, That being said, I did watch his newest special on Netflix, and I didn't think it was very good. He's kind of trying... People are mad at him right now, because he had a joke that was like, uh, you know, he went to some restaurant, the hostess of the restaurant had a black eye. He's like, man, at least put her in the back of the, the kitchen where we can't see her. And he's like, well... Of course, if she could cook, maybe she wouldn't have a black eye. I'm paraphrasing. It's like a domestic violence thing. You know what I mean? Like, And like, I don't, I don't say jokes like that in my comedy. I don't. But I didn't even think twice about it when I heard it, to be honest. Because I watched it before there was controversy. To, to me, it's just like a kind of forced. Edgelord, shocky thing. You know what I mean? Like, and then even after the joke, he was like, just testing to see if you guys are going to be fun tonight. But then, you know, now online, it's like, you know. Matt Reif thinks domestic violence is funny. Blah, blah, blah. He'll be fine. That's kind of the interesting thing about online canceling. It's, there are things, you know, it, people lose jobs, things like that, and you, uh, but it kind of doesn't matter. The internet just goes, you can't say that, you're a piece of shit to whoever, and then it just goes away, it doesn't matter anymore. There's kind of less power. It's like, did you hear this comedian's in trouble online? You're like, yeah, of course, every comedian's in trouble online. All of them. He also, uh, on his uh, Instagram story, when the thing people were getting mad about, articles are being written about domestic violence jokes, and Matt Reif, he put in his Instagram story, (laughs) to anyone I've offended, please click here or whatever. And then if you clicked it, it went to like a webpage that sold special needs helmets. So he really doubled down. So I guess that's a separate thing. Like, I don't, you know, again, it's just he's so successful that people start looking for things they don't like. You could go to any open mic at a comedy club or a coffee shop almost anywhere in the world and find, hear much worse things than anything Matt Reif said. I think it's a dumb joke. I don't think he thinks it's hilarious to beat up women. It's just, come on. It doesn't meet my line of like, I wouldn't do that joke. But that's, my. I'm not in charge of other people's lines. You can like it or not like it, you know. I just didn't, It's interesting because, you know, if you're around long enough, you see, it reminds me of Dane Cook, if you're old enough to remember when Dane Cook was, he's still like a huge comedian, but he was like massive, and it came out of nowhere, and it was like, he had a million MySpace fans, that was like his big thing, and he really leaned into the online stuff, he was like, and there was backlash then, I was like, who the fuck is Dane Cook, he's not that good, and I mean, I think Dane Cook's quite a bit better than Matt Reif, but as far as straight up material. Uh, but it's weird because it's it's a problem I've never had, but I, I saw Dane Cook do the same thing Matt Reif is doing now, and this is just in interviews and clips I've seen. I don't know either of these men, but they start to like take it personally. You know, Matt Reif got famous for crowd work. And so all of his, like his interviews are like, I don't just do crowd work. Or this isn't, I don't just do comedy for women. Because you know, a lot of his fans are women. He used to get jokes about wanting to fuck milfs and all this stuff, you know. Uh, so now hes it's like, he, he, even in this special, he did no crowd work. And at the end, he goes, but what do I know? I'm just a crowd work comedian. And then he had a mic drop. And I was like, "Ooh! I mean, what are we... What are you mad about? You're 28. And you're probably making $50 million this year. Well, why are you mad? It's... And- to, you know, I, I just, to me, it's like I see him trying to be like, that's why he does black eye jokes now, because it's like he's trying to get away from his image. And it's like, I, who cares? Go fuck a supermodel on a giant pile of money and don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry if some other comedians think you've gotten a spot you haven't earned or whatever bullshit. I mean, I, I've heard Matt Reif say a bunch of. I don't even try to watch Matt Reif. I tried to watch the special, but I, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't seek out, but it just comes up in my timeline and I'm online on my stupid phone too much. And I'd be like, well, what people don't know is I've been busting my ass for 12 years. Bro, you're 28. Everyone busts their ass. You won. Act like you won. So I don't understand that part. I don't understand this super attractive, one of the biggest comedians in America. Multiple theater sellouts, if not like small arena type shit. And his attitude's like, fuck all you guys, I'm going to do what I want. You're like, what are you talking about? What are you mad about? To me, it's like a band where they make one album, and everyone loves it, then the next album, they're like, we're going a different direction. This one's a lot more experimental. We have a flute player now. And everyone who likes the first album is like, wait, what? So Matt Reif's like, I know I'm a bazillionaire for my crowd work videos. But here's me doing solid material for about an hour. And you're like, why? And it wasn't that good. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe it's not that good because he's done so many comedy specials. And then I, I, I looked at his YouTube and it, you know, he's got like millions and multi-million views on it, a special on there. And so I checked out a few minutes and he told a story about his grandpa. Uh, he didn't know what to get him for Christmas. And so he bought him a. flashlight. Which is like. Look I know. Comedy's exaggerated. I know we're all. Magnifying stories. Or flat out making shit up. But I don't. I mean when a guy goes like. I didn't know what to get my grandpa. So I bought him a pocket pussy. I got him a a fleshlight. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't buy your grandpa a flashlight that he opened in front of the family and all your nieces and nephews. No, no. And then he's like, and then he broke it and I had to buy him a new one. I'm like, I don't know. And then I kind of fast forward to the end of the special. And he's, he's talking about how his grandpa had recently died. The one that he bought a flashlight for. And he's like, that's why there's this rocking chair on stage because it's a seat for my grandpa who didn't live long enough to see me take this special. But he's here in spirit. Well, if he was there in person, I don't think he would have been thrilled about his grandson talking about him breaking a fleshlight because he fucked it too hard. I think I outlapped, when I saw him try make it, I'm sorry his grandpa died. But when he tried to like shoehorn sentimental bullshit about his grandpa into the special, when the joke about his grandpa is about buying him a fleshlight, I was like, ugh. This is bad. This is uncomfortable. I wish my grandpa was here to see this. Why, so he could hit you over the head with a fleshlight and say, stop talking about my penis? So, I don't hate Matt Reif, I do have some criticisms. And I don't understand why he just doesn't go, fuck it. Crowd work till I die. Mixed in with some other stuff. That's what I'm good at. Maybe the other stuff will get better. But it's just not, it's not that great. And it's fine. There's other people who aren't that great. Some people think I'm not that great. It's fine. Everyone's got opinions, but I just, you know, it's different for him because he's so young, hot, and wildly successful that it's like such a spotlight no one's that funny at 28 no one this dude's got three hour long specials and he's 28 years old, of course it's not that good comedy's not like music Where you can be in a band and six months later make one of the greatest albums of all time. Almost all... Almost anyone's favorite comedian is at least in their mid-40s, 50s, or 60s. 28? 28 with no... Wife, no kids, nothing to talk about, but your grandpa and a flashlight? Yeah, of course it's not great. But here's the weird thing. I still don't like it when people talk shit about him. When people come up and go, you're funny, Matt Reif sucks. I'm like, okay, but I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel like I'm not in competition with him he's he's not supposed to be the person we all compare all other comedians to no one is so anyway I'm uncomfortable talking about it but I just did because I want someone to ask me my opinion and if you're a podcast listener I will answer your question uh, so yeah not a hater in the sense that like I don't think he has any talent or he's not funny at all but like i that's his his newest special on netflix to me is legitimately not very good that's my that's my opinion i've seen some crowd work videos where i'm like that he's quick you know he's smart he's you know But he's kind of a comedian for people who don't like comedy. Most Matt Rice people probably, let's say his average audience member is a 23-year-old woman. Well, 23-year-old women, most of them probably don't have a favorite comedian. a stand-up comic. In fact, you can tell they don't watch a lot of other comedy because I know I, I know, comedians who have put up clips of themselves talking to the crowd, like, you know, whatever. What do you do for a living? And people in the comments will say, you're ripping off Matt Rice, as if this fucking kid invented talking to the audience. You'll see comments under a Matt Rife video that are like, "The way he like brings things up and then talks about it and makes it funny is just amazing," and you're like, "That's literally what stand-up comedy is." But yeah, the internet's mad at him right now, but I don't think it matters. It's not like all of his sold-out shows are still sold out. And I don't mind some accountability for an artist. Do you know what I mean? If, if we do something that people don't like and they wanna talk about it, that's the public's right. But I also kinda liked the recent turn where we people don't like it and nothing happens. People wanted to, people were mad at Dave Chappelle, nothing happened. People are mad at Matt Rife. Nothing happens. Just be mad. You're allowed to be mad, but you don't get to ruin people's lives anymore, Internet. So now I want to delete this whole thing. I just rambled on about Matt Rife for a long time, and who am I? Who am I but a 23-year-old comedy journeyman I also... This is real inside baseball shit. Inside comedy shit. But I feel like he didn't write some of the special. And I don't don't mean that... It's not really a criticism. Because you are allowed to have writers. Some are credited. Some aren't. Depends on the... Person. You know? I think Kevin Hart actually says his specials are written by him and these... Guys who help him. Uh... Some people, I know Chris Rock has people help him. I think he gives them money, but they're not like credited on the special or whatever. But I just, you know, I think I've watched enough comedy, I could kind of sniff it out where I go, I don't, based on everything, the personality this guy has shown me and rhythm of comedy he has shown me, that line does not seem natural to him. And that's sometimes what writing is for comics. It's not necessarily you write a whole act for them and they memorize it, but they're like, I have this joke, and then the writer helps them and they go, well, try this line, try this. Have you ever thought about that? You know, and again, there's nothing immoral about it, but I also, it's, uh... I don't judge it, but I also don't think I should notice it. Like Ron White used to have writers. I never ro- watched Ron Wright. Watched Ron White, triple double bubble gum. Watched Ron White. Watch. Everyone, try that. Say, watched Ron White, fast as you can. Watched Ron Wright. Sally sells she sells at the C short I never listened to Ron White that's easier and thought oh that's definitely a joke someone wrote for him but he did and I know people who sold him jokes I tried to sell him a joke uh, he didn't buy it but I know his writing coordinator because he used to be a Seattle comedian I sent him a little video I'm like at that time, it was like, if you, it was $1,000 a minute if he kept the joke. Like he might try it out and not keep it, and then you don't get any money, but if he tries it out. So I sent like a little video, and it's also a hard thing because it's like, it can't be anything that's been out or recorded on anything else. So really, I was sending them like, I'm gonna send Ron White my the jokes that I don't think are good enough for me you know, but I sent a video and then my, the writing coordinator guy was like, I think this one might work for him. He pitched it to him. Nothing ever happened. But anyway, I never, you know, there are comedians who have writers where they're you don't watch and go like, yeah, that's not them. And I did feel that a couple times with Matt Wright. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter either way. Like I said, it's not a moral judgment. If I had to do three hours and four years or whatever, uh, I'd probably need a rare uh, some help too. I'd be only doing crowd work. My third special would be called, what do you do for a living? My fourth special would be called, what do I do for a living? This is way too much comedy talk. I'm bored. I'm sorry. This is gonna blow my chance of opening for Matt Rifley Stadium tour next year. Well, that's alright. I'm pretty busy in the Woodenville wine district, so I'll be alright. I also did I did a show, uh, Yesterday, uh in Spanaway, Washington, Chi-Town Pizza, where I I did 80 minutes, 80 minutes of comedy? What the f- Who am I, Matt Rife? What am I doing? 80 minutes? My family went to a Christmas tree farm today to get our Christmas tree, a little earlier than normal, but I go back to Vegas Monday So, And then we learned the Christmas tree farm, where we've been going for several years is closing. Still last year. And then I felt like we were in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Because I'm like, the Christmas tree farm's closing? Well, What if we organized a town talent show, sold tickets, and saved the farm? What if we bought it so the evil corporation couldn't buy it and ruin our town with a polluting factory? What if there is a famous actor from this small town who hated this town, always wanted to get out of this town? But if we could talk him into helping us, we might just save this Christmas tree farm. What if he came back to town to visit his sick mom even though he hated Olympia, Washington but then he ran into his high school sweetheart who never left and it rekindled old feelings What if that famous actor learned no matter where you go there you are and you can't turn your back on love no matter where you find it. What if he found out he was running from the thing he needed the whole time? Or what if we just said, oh, the tree farm's closing? Fuck. And then didn't do anything about it. I mean, it's not a good Christmas movie, but it's easier. What if Matt Reif did a show to save the tree farm? Matt Rife starring in Crowd Work Christmas. What do you do for a living, sir? Well, I did own a Christmas tree farm, but it's closing. Christmas tree farm? Well, just like Santa, I bet your wife only comes once a year. Come on, folks. We're having fun. Also, is it that easy if you're just like a hot dude in his mid-20s and you just say you want to fuck 45-year-old women? Is it that easy that they go like, yeah, I bet he does. Of course he doesn't. He has a girlfriend. I saw a picture. She's like younger than him. I'm just jealous. I can't go on stage as an almost 50 year old man and be like, you know who I like? It's the older ladies. I like to bang a lady who's just filled out her will. I like to make love to a woman who is wearing a nightgown that says, do not resuscitate. Cougar. No, thank you. I'll fuck a saber tooth. Milks are too young for me now. Good lord. It's a crowd work Christmas. They're going to close the tree farm. Well, what if Matt Reif bought everyone a fleshlight? Would that help? It just might. also starring the ghost of Matt Wright's grandpa. Why did you tell everyone? Why did you tell everyone I broke a flashlight? Boo! All right, I regret every word I've said. Uh, But we're going to call it a podcast. Bye.